Welcome to North Star Physical Therapy Podcast. I'm Dr. Shirley North, and with over a decade of clinical expertise in the areas of pelvic floor conditions, lymphatic conditions, and chronic neurological diseases, I have a wealth of medical knowledge that I want to share with you all. In this podcast, I will answer the most common questions I receive from clients, family members, and fellow clinicians. Our purpose is not only to answer questions, but to educate you so you can make the best decision for your optimal health. This podcast is a perfect to listen on your way home from work, while you're on your daily walk, or just taking 15 to 20 minutes for yourself. Again, welcome to North Star Physical Therapy Podcast and get ready for us to guide you to optimal health. Hi, and welcome back to North Star Physical Therapy Podcast. Um, today, guys, we are about to embark into October with this uh, podcast. And October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And it really holds a very special piece in my heart. Um, I treat a lot of those with breast cancer, whether it be an active diagnosis or something that's been a remission or something that they have dealt with in the past. And being also a certified lymphedema therapist, I am also treating both at the same time or even in sequential order. So this podcast is all about the relationship between breast cancer and the treatments for it, the effects of those treatments, and what we do for lymphatic treatment for those that are either currently or have had the diagnosis and treatment of breast cancer. So I have a whole podcast devoted on what the definition of lymphedema is. But just for a brief little review, lymphedema is the accumulation of a very protein-rich fluid that's actually outside the lymphatic vessels. And so that's why it can be easily seen right underneath the skin. There are several causes of lymphedema, one of which being uh, treatment and kind of like a side effect of the treatment from breast cancer or really any kind of cancer. But today, because we're um, bringing on the awareness of breast cancer for the month of October, we're really just going to focus in on today on just breast cancer. So actually, one in eight women will get a breast cancer diagnosis at some point in their lifetime. That is an outstanding number within the United States. Um, there are other statistics around the world, um, but that's what it is. So it's what research shows within the United States that one out of eight women, that is insane. And that's where drives my passion to bring this information out there to be aware. You're going to definitely check out on my social media post this month of how to do a self-breast exam. And that is really for anybody with any breast tissue. So yes, guess what, guys? You also have breasts, right? It isn't just the middies, the man titties, or like, say the tatas means you too, okay? And so there is a small percentage of men who also develop breast cancer. Um, breast cancer affects the breast tissue. There is actually seven um, different uh, common types of breast cancer. 
There is ductal carcinoma in situ, invasive or infiltrating ductal carcinoma, lobular carcinoma in situ, invasive lobular carcinoma. And so those four right there are, as you saw, it's either in the duct, in the breast tissue duct, or it's in the lobule. It's in the, the lobe of the breast. There's also inflammatory breast cancer, Paget's disease of the nipple, and Filoni's tumor. Um, so for the most time, it's really named off of the location of where these cells are, um, where the tumor cells are, and their staging of it. And so we'll definitely get into that in maybe another podcast. But for this, we're just seeing the relationship between the lymphatic system and these breast cancer uh, cells and what we do about it. Um, so there are several types of treatment for breast cancer. The common ones are known with the chemotherapy, radiation, to immunotherapy, hormone replacement, and then also surgical approaches. And so um, each of these have a side effect um, or a direct um, relation with the lymphatic system. So for example, we're going to take chemo. So chemo um, actually selectively goes to goes through the immune system to help get rid of the cancer cells. And so the lymphatic system and the immune system works hand in hand. So the immune system is responding to the cellular growth. The chemotherapy is selectively going right to that area. And it is then needs to be flushed out through the lymphatic system. Well, if we have this overload within the lymphatic system or depending on where the cancer cells are, if they have gone to a lymph node or right around those lymphatics right there, you can now see how that can impair the flow of that lymphatic fluid. Same thing with radiation. So radiation just kills all the cells in that area. It really tries to get anything and everything within that area. And there's no real like selective approach there. So oftentimes we see the skin really fibrous and it gets very hard. Um, you'll see what we call cording. So it literally looks like, like, a, like a rope cord um, within the breast tissue there between the breast and the armpit area and the axillary area. And so it really stiffens or shortens these soft tissues, like the muscles, ligaments, tendons, and the connective fascia. And if something's really shortened or adhered or stuck, you can now also appreciate that the lymphatic system is going to be affected with the flow of that fluid. And especially if the lymph vessels and nodes are radiated, like within the armpit region, which is a common site where metastases occur, that will just automatically mess up and disrupt the flow of the lymphatic system and have that buildup that starts to accumulate that fluid. Surgical approach, right? So this is really to be considered for any surgery. And so, yes, we're highlighting uh, breast cancer surgery approaches um, which there are five different types of mastectomy alone. So it just depends on what tissue is being removed and how much of it is being removed. 
There are lumpectomies, so it's um, a little more selective. And then there's also the lymph biopsies, so the sentinel lymph nodes um, or the axillary lymph nodes. So the lymph nodes that are right in that area are things that have metastasized. When those biopsies, when lymph nodes are removed, it's obviously going to anatomically change the lymphatic system in that area and thus the flow. There is also just the mastectomies and just the breast tissue itself. Don't forget any kind of reconstructive surgery that may occur later on if it's appropriate for that person or if they want to continue with having some sort of breast-like structure to hold that femininity, right? Um, and we can even, you know, put a little plug for our um, trans gender population where if they decide to do top surgery, it's within here, whether that's a removal of a breast tissue like a mastectomy or if it's an addition to, so we can even get into cosmetic, you know, surgeries as well. But the point here is any kind of removal of tissue, any kind of invasive disruption to the skin because of where this lymphatic vessels and fluids are within this area of the body, it will automatically disrupt the lymphatic fluid flowing to the axillary lymph nodes, to the cervical or neck uh, lymph nodes to be filtering and drained through the deeper lymphatic system to exit out your body. So if things are being disrupted at the skin level, it is going to disrupt and potentially overload the lymphatic system or to also um, reduce the flow by blocking it with the scar tissue um, there. So just with those three types alone, those are direct impact on the lymphatic system. Um, the hormones and immunotherapies also have effect on the lymphatic system. Immunotherapy, just because of the interrelationship between the lymphatic system, is the, the, the recycle, is like the exit, you know, system, whereas the immune system is that is the fighter, right? So if you already have this very um, immune-suppressed body and we are trying to get rid of these awful breast cancer cells, the lymphatic system has to kind of work overtime to get that fluid out and flowing and moving so it doesn't just sit there. So with all of that being said, research shows that about 20 to 30 percent of those that have breast cancer will develop some stage of lymphedema in the affected arm in the first six months after surgery. And 20% will have like a transient um, increase in the swelling and like a transient version of lymphedema less than three months out of surgery, but it tends to resolve. But 13% have a chronic lymphedema in that affected limb for over, you know, the three months after um, that surgery. So it's a, they may sound like small numbers, but let's remember one in eight women will have a diagnosis of breast cancer. Depending on the course of treatment, out of those women, a good chunk of them 
They said anywhere from 20 to 30% will develop some stage of lymphedema. So as we back up to the definition of lymphedema, there's also the stages of lymphedema where there's stage uh, zero, which is subclinical. And so that means we're having this heaviness in the limb. Um, you might have a little bit of like burning or pain, but it's more associated because of that heaviness, because that fluid is just accumulating. We may not see anything from the outside quite yet, but if you feel it or the client feels it when they try to lift up their arm and they try to um, use their arm in some functional way, like, yeah, it just feels more heavy. I feel more like almost bloated on that side. That's where I'm a stage zero. Um, stage one is when we're just starting to see that increase in swelling. And so that's where like um, sleeves might be a little bit harder um, or come off being a little tighter on the arm, like rings and jewelry and watches starting to, you know, like, oh, they're kind of making a little bit more of an indent. And not just the indent, like, oh, my hand was a little warm that day. You know, and there you go. This is like a pure indent within the skin. Um, and like bracelets and things like that, they really like get super tiny and then cause like a little indent in the skin. Um, however, with that stage, if you were to elevate the arm above the level of the heart, that does help to resolve that. So there is like a resolvable portion and that's for those people that have that kind of transient lymphedema within the first couple months of surgery. It's something like that, um, that we're just trying to help retrain the lymphatic to like flow you know, towards that direction, like ground and be your friend and not just accumulate in your hand. But then stage two, that's where you're getting definitely swelling. You are seeing the increase in circumference of the affected arm and it is not resolved by elevation. So we absolutely have to implement maybe a compression pump, MLD, the manual lymphatic drainage, compression garments we're doing those things for stage zero stage one to prevent anything especially for the mld good preventative measures we'll get into in a moment um compression garment or sleeve um especially when you're working out when you're being more active with that limb um but once we cross into that stage two and definitely stage three we're getting more of the um skin changes possibly some wounds or weeping that's where we're definitely getting into these more serious, aggressive, conservative measures. Um, so with that being said, with the different stages of lymphedema, 20 to 30% of women will develop some stage of lymphedema in there. So it's incredibly important that a certified lymphedema therapist is a part of the breast cancer team, okay? And we have to be able to assess maybe upon your diagnosis where what is the function of the limb what is the circumference of the limb what is the game plan medically right what course of treatment for the breast cancer are we looking at can we develop some conservative measures now to maintain the flow of the lymphatic fluid despite the chemo despite the radiation and then especially post-operatively we need to make sure now there's scar tissue. Now we need to maybe modify where that lymphatic flow is going because maybe a lymph node was removed. Breast tissue was removed. Um, maybe there was a, a skin flap, you know, to develop warmer breast or reconstructive surgeries. So there's a lot of things postoperatively we need to, and to um, 
implement. We also need to make sure if there's any more um, aggressive conservative measures like compression bandaging in order to be able to fit into a compression garment for long term, things like that. So CLT can absolutely be an essential healthcare professional within the breast cancer medical team. So the certifying lymphedema therapist can implement that, you know, preventative complete decongestive therapy or in CDT with the stage zeros and stage one lymphedema clients. They can also, you know, make a great educational resource for clients for the contraindications or precautions of certain techniques. Um, and just having that knowledge of the compression garments and compression pumps and exercises and movements that would be good, especially postoperatively. There are definitely precautions to some of the conservative treatments that a CLT would know, especially for those with breast cancer and going through the treatments. Those precautions and contractions is something that that CLT will absolutely take into consideration and individualize it. Some of the techniques, especially the manual lymphatic drainage technique, can be used for those that maybe had a mastectomy. And there is pain associated with that loss of breast tissue. And MLD is not only great for lymphatic fluid, but can also be really great for that post-op pain for those sensitivities within that area to help desensitize and normalize that the upper chest is still a piece of that person. So whether that was, yes, a loss of breast tissue, there might be a reconstruction of that breast tissue. Um, again, for those that within the um, transgender community, depending on what top surgery you get, that can just be a, a body awareness and a body connection through that treatment um, to help desensitize and normalize that new chest. We also take consideration as a CLT to you know, assess the lymphatic risk. So that's something we assess for whether, you know, when the diagnosis is made throughout um, the treatment, the medical treatment for the breast cancer, and definitely for postoperatively. So oftentimes I'm consistently doing this lymphatic risk. I'm doing that upon my evaluation. I'm doing that when medical course is, you know, when the treatments are starting to occur, as well as as they're ending, you know, because like I said, that statistic of, 20-30% of people will develop some stage of lymphedema within the first six months after surgery. So there is a risk assessment needs to be done at diagnosis, a risk assessment needs to be done during treatment, a risk assessment immediately after treatment, and a risk assessment done definitely within the first six months. Um, we want to catch this stuff early so that it is a preventative and a wellness thing and not a stage two or three lymphedema where we have to do something permanent for the rest of our lives and really feel limited because there are things I should have done. I have a client right now that she had a breast cancer mastectomy and a lymph nodes removed and I'm seeing her for lymphedema for her legs 30 years later. There's also cardiac issues going on. However, she has lymphedema in her arm and nobody let her know. Nobody gave her any treatment. And all she knows is to not have her blood pressure taken in that arm. 
it's like, oh my gosh, we could have done so much more. And so we're, we're addressing that now, um, you know, decades later. So my other passion of getting this podcast out is to make people aware there are things that can be done right then and there that will prevent issues later on down the road and continue to have that optimal lymphatic health and the quality of life. So that's what we're going to you know, end here today with this podcast. There's so much more that can be said, but there is absolutely a connection between breast cancer and lymphedema. I think that's one of the most known um, connections out there in the community, especially for the certified lymphedema therapist. There are those out there that this is all that they do, um, which is great. So if you or a loved one is diagnosed with breast cancer, it is not the end of the world. There is a huge amount of team around you for support, including a certified lymphedema therapist. And I have a podcast coming up on who is a part of your medical team and your wellness team. And the certified lymphedema therapist is one of them. I thank you guys so much for, for listening to this and you know, make October be an incredible breast cancer awareness month. Anybody with breast tissue could develop breast cancer. And so we really want to make sure we're checking ourselves and we're holding ourselves accountable to that. And we're holding ourselves accountable to things that we can do so we're not succumbed by this stuff that we can absolutely fight this. There is optimal health to be had, not only within the breast tissue and our body, but also within your lymphatic system. I thank you guys so much. And thank you for letting North Star Physical Therapy be your guiding light to lymphatic and pelvic health. Thank you all so much for listening to North Star Physical Therapy Podcast. Continue to follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Dr. Shirley North. Check out my website at www.northstardpt.com or I encourage you to email me any other questions about these topics and it can be featured at a future podcast at snorth at northstardpt.com. Again, thank you all so much, and thank you for letting North Star Physical Therapy be your guiding light to your optimal health.